You are tuning in to the Seed Chat with Tristan, a Christian community designed for the youth, by the youth. Join us in discussing the truths and debunking the myths. Let's grow closer to Christ together. Welcome, my brothers and sisters. It is your host, Tristan Guillaume, and you are listening to the Sea Chat with Tristan. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to hear what God wants to speak into your life, to hear what he's doing in this podcast. It means so much. We're actually at episode 29, and to think that I've come this far, it means so much for you guys' support, for you guys' feedback. It all means so much. I hope we continue doing what we're doing. As always, don't forget to follow the Sea Chat with Tristan on Instagram, and don't forget to share on all your socials. Today we're going to be starting with Matthew 6-9. Here in Matthew 6-9, Jesus does the Our Father prayer and teaches disciples um, how to say it, um, how to get into the right position, and just open their hearts up for God and, and let Him move in their lives. And I've always loved this section because it kind of brings me back to my Catholic roots, right? Where they would teach us this prayer in Catholic school. We call it like CCD or faith formation. And we would learn what each word meant, the significance of each sentence, and learn the, learn the biblical value and the biblical um, principles behind each um, word that Jesus was saying. And I just found it so enlightening, so empowering. I think it was kind of where I first kind of dabbled into learning more about scripture on a deeper level, not just on the surface level. And I just want to share some of that with you guys. And that's what we do in this episode. So let me read the Our Father and we'll get started with it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And today, the sentence I want to focus on is, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, the title, daily bread. Yes, I've been doing this for 29 episodes. Okay? I, I know what I'm doing. I got, a, I got kind of a rhythm going along with this. I just love this this verse of the Bible. I think it's just so beautiful, and it's so interwoven um, into the principles and just the hidden truths of the Bible. But to really understand um, this sentence, give us to stay our daily bread, we need to go back to Exodus to grasp the full meaning. And so we're going to take you back to Exodus 6, 3 through 4. See, what happened here was the Israelites just got led out of Israel. Moses, literally the chapter before this, just part of the Red Sea, so the power of the Holy Spirit. And now they are walking around the desert, a little stranded, but being guided by God. And they're no longer slaves, no longer held captive, and they are free, but stranded. And so here's what the Israelites say. The Israelites said to them, Moses and the other leaders of the community, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out to this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. And I gotta say, I I honestly love the Israelites. I, I just connect with them so much. I think we actually all do connect with them a lot more than we realize. I think we try to like not connect with them because there's a lot of bad things associated with them, and they're not very... Um, faithful and, and honorable and sometimes they whine but I think that's just like us at so many moments in our life and like right like the Israelites literally just walked out of the Red Sea and they're already complaining already whining but how many times have we gotten a miracle or have gotten a blessing from God and been complained about the next day or a week later like we ask for a position within our society or in our club and then as soon as we get that position we're happy but then we cry because we realize the responsibilities that come with it and if we want to quit because it's too much 
or our friends, right? We ask for a good group of quality friends who are going to be there, support us, you know, go through times together and just have a good time. And yet when we hang out for the fourth week in a row, now we're complaining that they're hanging out too much and they're kind of bothersome. We kind of want to be a homebody and just sit at home and watch TV and, and do nothing. Or <laughs> even with college. So many of us want to get into a good college that helps propel us into the future and helps us propel us into our careers. But when we get to college and the courses are challenging and rigorous, now we're upset. Now we're angry that God has gone us into this magnificent university or magnificent college, but we want to quit and we want to drop it all. We're so like the Israelites in so many ways. And I just like how God illustrates through them how faithful he is and how committed he is to them. And that just brings such joy to my heart and such and such comfort to my heart. I'm going to continue with Exodus 6, 17-18. It says, The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much. The one who had gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. The real question is, why were they allowed to get enough for only one day? Why didn't, allow, why didn't God allow them to take some for the next day or to prepare for a week in advance, prepare for a feast? Or why didn't God allow them to have some in their storehouse in the back of their cattle wagon? So if they're hungry and want extra snacks or, or just to have a, a safer peace of mind. Why did God only allow them to get just enough for each day? I think God was trying to show them his character. First, he wanted to illustrate that he was faithful. He kept his promise to Abraham to bless him and all of his descendants, give his family a great blessing, Jesus, that will extend to all the nations and all the earth. He kept his promise to Adam, how someone from his line was going to step on the snake's head and crush it. God was showing to them how he was still faithful to his covenant and still faithful to his promise to them. Second, he was also showing them that he's a provider. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Every day the Israelites would wake up to fresh evidence of God's generosity. For 40 years, they would be sleeping and they would wake up and they knew that God was working in the middle of the night for them. Despite how little they got or how much they got, it was always satisfying. And God was trying to show them and try to teach them that he never fails to provide. And the last thing I think God was trying to teach them is that he wants the best for them. He wants the best for us. If I read the first sentence again, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. These people literally wanted to die, go back to Israel, go back to captivity, than be where they are. They'd rather be slaves than be wandering the desert with the God who's providing for them. They were fearful, they were lost, they were uncertain. And that caused them to want to go back to their past, want them to go back to what they were comfort with. And I want to challenge you, what is something that God has blessed you with, God has given to you? And yet you want to return back to the old ways because you don't feel like you're ready for it. You feel kind of lost doing it. I want to teach you. I want to speak some life into you that, that God is not done yet. God's going to keep moving. And your work, your mission is not done. But these Israelites don't want to go back to Egypt, suffer all the harsh realities of slavery. But yet despite that, despite their grudging, despite their moaning, God said, I'm going to stick with you through it all. I could easily drop you off and hand you over and have you guys all killed. But I'm going to take you guys because I know what's best for you. I know what is truly good. And I'm going to help you obtain that. God was showing his character because he knew a long journey was ahead. And he wanted to make sure that they knew who their leader was. And that they trusted him throughout Exodus and for the years to come. Later, actually, in John 6, Jesus parallels exactly what happens with the manna in Exodus. He does this with the story of the 5,000. 
He takes five loaves of bread, two fists. We've all heard this before, right? And he blesses it to his father, gives it to his disciples. They break it, and he feeds 5,000 men, not including women or children. And he has plenty of leftovers. Except this time, the focus of the message isn't on the provision. It's on the second exodus. A spiritual exodus. No longer seeking to fulfill our day-to-day need, but God was seeking to fulfill our eternities. Jesus came to satisfy the cravings of all longing for a source of satisfaction in life and hope in the life to come. Jesus feeds these 5,000 when he starts talking about this bread that will never, ever make you hungry again, that will satisfy you eternally. And the disciples, of course, like any sensible human asks, where can I get this bread? How can you give it to me? Give it to me now. And then Jesus answers with one of the best statements in the whole entire Bible. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. First of all, this is an I am statement. This is Jesus declaring he is God. It was commonly used in the Jewish language to use I am because there were so many adjectives that belonged to God. It was not enough to put simply one after him. Jesus is declaring he is God. He's declaring that he is the food for your hungry soul. He's a nourishment for our spiritual lives. In John 6, 47-51, he continues, Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give up for the life of the world. And here's a thought I was having, right? Like, what if Jesus literally sent down just a loaf of bread to all of us and said, hey, look, you eat this right now. Your eternity is covered. Your spiritual life is covered. Don't worry about it. Like, how would you respond? Would you nibble at it? Would you take little bites? Would you save every once in a while or maybe once a week and I mean, eat a little bit more then? The answer is no. We would scarf that thing down fast from a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Here's my point. Too many of us only eat this bread, Jesus, consume him in our lives once or twice a week on Sunday or on Wednesday. And even when we do do that, it's on borrowed time. It's always on a timer. We can never just sit and rest with the peace of God. We need to be more hungry for God, reading his word, praying to him, going to small groups, serving doing devotionals, because it is those things that fill our spiritual appetite. Our spiritual stomach does not tell us when we are hungry, and we need to seek to fill it. Just like your girlfriend gets angry when she's hungry, your spiritual world turns when you are spiritually hungry. By listening to this podcast, you've already taken a step to fulfill your appetite, but we need to keep eating. The spiritual food which we are eating is what Jesus died for. Don't let it go to waste. When Jesus was teaching us the Our Father, and he said, give us this day our daily bread, he was talking about himself. He wanted us to be reminded of who he was every day, reminded of what he's done every day, reminded of his character, his love, his provision for us every day. He wanted us to take a time out of each day and give it to him, satisfying and growing our spiritual appetite. The bread in the Our Father is not a bread of provision, it is a bread of everlasting life. And this is the first time I've ever done this here on Sea Chat with Tristan, but if you want to know more about this bread or connect with God, 
shoot me a text, DM, snap, and I'll be glad to answer. But as always, I'll end this with a prayer. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for the bread of life, which is you and your son. Thank you for coming down to fulfill our spiritual appetite, to give us the opportunity to seek more of you and to live in you. Lord, I pray that we seek more of your bread, seek more of who you are in our daily lives. Give our lives as an offering for you. And may you fill our spiritual appetite in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sea Chat with Tristan. I hope you're able to receive what was spoken today and that God can continue to strengthen you in your journey. If you were touched by today's episode or believe it could benefit a friend, please share on any social platform. Don't be afraid to reach out to us regarding any questions at Tristan Guillaume on Instagram or email at TristanGuillaume16 at Yahoo.com. Hope to see you next time and have a blessed week.